Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. For Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the ones who want an inside look at the vault. This is Views from Midstream. Now. Here's your host, Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to yet another outstanding edition of the Views from Mitch Street podcast. Your podcast, oh choice, if you're a Carolina Panthers fan or if you're one of those guys who likes to listen to the opponents. I know we're going to get some Cleveland Browns fans up in this bad boy this week. So welcome, one and all. We're thrilled to have you along for the ride. My name is Rob Brown, host of the Rob Brown Show right here in Greenville, South Carolina. And sitting directly across from me, we call him the great one. When he's in a bad mood, he's Lorenzo. When he's in a good mood like I think he is today, we call him Lonzo. Lonzo Reitzel here along for the ride. And we got a handful of things that we need to take care of in today's pot, we left you in the last episode halfway through the full season preview for the Carolina Panthers. We went games one through nine. We got you through the, uh, I believe, Buccaneers, no, Panthers-Bengals game I think we left off at. I probably should have double-checked that before we started the pod. But, hey, whatever. We're here. We're doing it all now. So we'll get you the back eight games. Then, coming up in just a handful of minutes, it is time for our week one preview. The Cleveland Browns invade the bank. Baker looking for some revenge, maybe question mark, against his former team. And of course, the Panthers are out to set the season forward on a positive note. We're going to get into that in just a few minutes. But since we ended the last pod halfway through our season preview, let's pick up how we think the back half of the season is going to shake up for the Panthers. We left you with Panthers Bengals, so it gets us into November. Now, the second game in November is November 10th. That is going to be a game, the second game against the Atlanta Falcons. They will play the Falcons earlier in the year in a Halloween weekend showdown that we talked about in the last pod. They get the Bengals in the middle and then they turn around just, what, 11 days later and they come back to the bank in order to bring Marcus Mariota, question mark, and his Falcons into town to continue the NFC South rivalry. And, you know, we kind of already broke this game down once, but obviously that one's going to be in Atlanta, arguably the least intimidating home field advantage in the NFC South. Over the last couple of years, it has been one of the least intimidating home advantages in the National Football League because Falcons fans just don't show up. The Panthers fans, I'm assuming, will show up in greater numbers at home, assuming the season is going as well as we hope that it will when we get to the end of the year. Hey, look, this game basically comes down to two things. Like a handful of others will. 
Can you get to the quarterback? Can you get to Mariota? Can you disrupt Marcus Mariota and the Falcons offense? And if the answer to that question is yes, I think you got a pretty good chance at winning this thing because theoretically, the Carolina Panthers should average more points per game than the Atlanta Falcons do. Question is, can you slow down the Falcons offense, rattle Mariota, get a couple of turnovers? But I got to think the Panthers are good enough to go 2-0 and against the Falcons this year. Yeah, here's the, you know when you when you go down the schedule in, in any sport and it's your team, you're looking, okay, this is a gimme, this is a gimme, this is a gimme. This should be a gimme both games against Atlanta. It should be victories for Carolina. Hopefully they don't think about it that way as a team. They go down and play as hard as they can. But as fans, you got to look at it and go, there's no way they lose to Atlanta. There's a reason why Mariota hasn't been a starter uh, for a long time, and he's coming in replacing Mark uh, Matt Ryan, rather, and uh, you know Matt Ryan was a lot better than people seem to uh, to remember, and they're really going to notice that when Mariota's out there. I absolutely think so. Let's look ahead to the very next week. Of course, after the Falcons, they will follow that one up with a road trip up to Maryland when they head to Baltimore and take on the Ravens. This one's really interesting because I genuinely think. The Baltimore Ravens are kind of a tough team to get a feel for coming into the season. Obviously, right now, it's kind of a weird spot to break down because Lamar Jackson wants that cheddar, baby. He wants Deshaun Watson guaranteed money. The Ravens have been thus far reluctant to provide that guaranteed money to Lamar. Now, we are recording this on Thursday. Lamar said earlier today that... You know, he had said a couple of weeks ago that if they didn't have a deal done by week one, that he would push pause on talks for a contract extension, which could theoretically open up to him switching teams after the season concludes. But he said today that the week isn't over yet, right? Somebody asked him earlier today after practice, you know, it's it's Thursday. You said week one starts. You're not talking anymore. And Lamar very quickly shut that talk down and said, yeah, but it's not week one yet. The week is not over yet. So, you know, if he gets that deal done between now and Saturday and you got a very happy Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, it might be one thing. You also run the risk that Lamar Jackson is playing for that guaranteed money, right? He understands he's got to go out there and kill it. The second thing that's interesting about Baltimore Remember last year going into week 12 of the season, the Baltimore Ravens were the number one team in the AFC. They had the AFC first round bye last year. Then they went into week 12. They lost by a point to the Steelers. They had at that point a laundry list of players that had left that game in the previous two weeks with an injury, including Lamar Jackson, who would go down a week later against the Browns with a season-ending injury. The Ravens were a threat to win the overall AFC one seed last year. They're bringing a lot of those guys back. They have changed defensive coordinators. There's a lot of moving parts of this Ravens team, which leads to me thinking, I believe the Ravens are actually going to be a pretty good team this year. They get all those hurt guys back. Lamar is either playing happy with a new contract or angry and trying to earn one. This game on the road is going to be a very difficult task for the Carolina Panthers against the Ravens team that is absolutely a dark horse contender to win the AFC outright. 
Uh, I think the Panthers suffer an L on the road to Baltimore. You know, more than likely, you're right. I, I think uh, something, no matter how good the Panthers are playing, Lamar Jackson on the other side is is a problem. But if the Ravens continue with what happened last year, you hope they don't as far as all the injuries they had, which you talked about, especially to their running game. If they have those problems, then the Panthers could be in this game. But more just looking at it right now, this is probably a loss. Then they go a week later back to uh, Charlotte where they will welcome the Denver Broncos in town. I'm going to tell you this. This Broncos team might be really good. I know a lot of people are poo-pooing that. I know a lot of people are looking down. Russell Wilson is 33 right now. His play style is a little more aggressive. It's a little more physical than Tom Brady's is, but he's not 40. He's 33 years old, and he's obviously quite motivated. He just got his extension from the Denver Broncos. He has been listening to a lot of people who have been saying the reason he left Seattle is he was just not up to the challenge. I honestly think it came down to the personalities of Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll clashing too much. I think Russell, I don't know if he got too big for his britches, became too much of a brand guy, right? We've heard about the less Russ, let Russ cook stuff. He's kind of gotten into the, 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 almost the influencer sphere of football, but he's still a really good quarterback. And the Browns, with Cortland's, uh, Cortland Sutton and a couple of other really good wide receivers. I think Jerry Judy's got the potential to break out after failing to score a touchdown last year. The guy's still got speed and talent on the outside. This Broncos team is underappreciated for how good they might be. I think the Broncos coming into the bank is another loss for the Panthers. See, here's the problem with the Broncos. They're in arguably the toughest division in all of the NFL and the AFC West. They're going to be dealing with high-scoring offenses right and left. And I gotta admit, I've never been a big Russell Wilson fan. I just, I just have not. I've always thought he was kind of overrated. I think he's betting on himself and going to a situation like what Tom Brady and some other guys have done. I don't think he's going to be as successful as everyone else thinks he's going to be. I think he's going to struggle in Denver, and I'm giving the Panthers a win here. Giving the Panthers a win against the Broncos. I'm taking an L on that one. December 11th of 2022, the Panthers hop on the plane again. They go out to Seattle to take on the aforementioned Seahawks. The exact opposite. This team's going to be bad this year. I think that Pete Carroll has, to some degree, lost control of this franchise. There's no reason you let Russell Wilson walk. There's none. It was just an ego thing, I think. And while I am not letting Russell Wilson off the hook, I absolutely think the moving into the branding area of his life has caused some problems. Uh, Ever since not running the ball in the red zone against the Patriots and losing that Super Bowl because of it, the Seattle Seahawks just have not been the same. Seattle still one of, if not the most difficult home field advantages to overcome. The good news is I think I saw the Seahawks over under is set at four and a half games this year. This is not your dad's see a slightly older version or a slightly younger version of use Seattle Seahawks. Carolina ought to go into Seattle and get a dub here. Yeah, I completely agree with you. But when, when Seattle was in their heyday, they had an awesome running game and a beyond that defense. That's what they were able to win with. They don't have that anymore. At this point in the season, who's even going to be the quarterback there? Uh, we don't know. 
they may not know. So I'm definitely going Panthers to win this game. Yeah, I mean, listen, Geno Smith won the least inspiring quarterback competition of all time, right? Like, the quarterback competition in Seattle was, would you rather me punch you in the right eye or the left? It's going to suck either way. And I like Geno. He's been a phenomenal and deserving career backup. I like Drew Locke just because he seems like a fun dude. But at the end of the day, to lose Russell and have Geno and Drew Locke competing for your starting quarterback job, that's a beautiful beautiful football team. Carolina wins December 11th on the road at Seattle. And that brings us seven days later. The Steelers come a-calling. Another team that's interesting. And here's why. By this point in the season, one of two things is going to happen. Mitchell Trubisky has just been named the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers going into week one. Mitchell Trubisky, going back to the combine and leading up to the draft, was being talked about a lot. Why? Because Mitchell Trubisky apparently was really impressing some people this offseason with his preparation, with his play, et cetera, et cetera. The other interesting thing that was brought to my attention this morning is that Mitchell Trubisky has an NFC North divisional crown. He has won the NFC North. He beat Aaron Rodgers one year for the NFC North. He is not a bad quarterback by any stretch of the imagination, but... What else do the Steelers have on the roster? They got Kenny Pickett, the young man out of Pitt, right there in the backyard. He's going to have a lot of hometown fans. And if Trubisky makes any mistakes, Steelers fans are going to start calling for Kenny Pickett. So by the time that the Steelers come into town, you're either going to have Mitchell Trubisky, who has solidified his job as the starter for the Steelers, or you're going to have a rook. You're going to have Kenny Pickett coming in with his tiny little hands, that's a joke, and trying to figure out the NFL ropes in his rookie season taking over the starter job. Either way, the Steelers are going to be okay this year. They're not an AFC favorite. They're not an AFC contender, in my opinion, but they're going to be okay. This is one of those wins that I have circled as a gut-out win. Carolina can uh, win this game at home. But I think unless we know the quarterback scenario for Pittsburgh, it's kind of a hard game to project, what, three and a half, four months out from it taking place. Uh, I am going to go Panthers win this game at home because I think there's going to be a little bit of uncertainty at that point. Because even if Trube is not playing poorly, if Mitchell's playing fine, but the Steelers are out of a playoff spot at that point, I think this is around you make the, the around the time you make the switch at quarterback Kenny Pickett starts getting some XP to get ready for next year. Panthers should win this one at home. You know, that's a good point. The other thing is Pittsburgh, they always have a winning season. They do. Now, it may be like one above 500 or something, like, but they always have a winning season. They never have a losing season. What are they going to be like at this point? Do they really need a win? Do they got a shot at a wild card? Do they have a shot at actually winning their division? With the quarterback situation, I'm very unsure, especially when you have Big Ben there forever. And now he's got, he had a guy that was there forever. And now he's no longer with the team. So what is this team going to be? I, I know the coach will have them ready to play. I just, uh, I, I'm not feeling it for Pittsburgh this year. So I'm going to go with the Panthers here. Yeah, cornerstone of the franchise for a long time. Suddenly gone at the most important position on the field. That's a, that's a big blow. Uh, Detroit, 
on Christmas Eve comes to town. We got a little Christmas Eve action when the Lions visit the Panthers. Listen, I actually think Dan Campbell's done an okay job with the Lions so far. I think that the setup for the season has been okay. I think there's actually a little bit of confidence in this coach from this team. That being said, the Lions are still not a good football team. The Panthers have there. There are probably four to five games on this schedule that I think the Panthers have to win. And this is one of them. Yeah, as I talked about earlier, this is one of those that you automatically check as a win, and it's it's going to be a win. I do like Dan Campbell. He's in, he's entertaining. Hopefully he'll get a chance to turn this team around because uh, the, the fan base and the team seems to really believe in him, and maybe they start winning in the future, but just not against the Panthers. Then, January 1st, New Year's Day, we got a little football to recover from the hangovers when the Panthers are down in Tampa Bay Take it on the Buccaneers. I'm going to make the hot take projection here. At this point, Tampa Bay will either have locked up or not be able to achieve the number one overall seed, but will be in the playoffs and will have earned uh, their spot in the playoffs. Remember, only the one seed gets the bye from now on. So being the two or three seed or four seed is kind of irrelevant in the opening round, you're going to be hosting a wild card game. I do think the Buccaneers are going to win this division. I do think that gets them a home game in the wild card. Uh, and then potentially in the divisional series, we'll see what seed they are. I am going to say at 45, Brady does not play in this game. The Buccaneers are not not playing starters, but coasting a little bit here. I'm actually going to say the Panthers go down to Tampa and win the game. Not because they're better than the Bucks, but I just think the Bucks are going to surprise people this year with how good they are. Unless, and we mentioned this in the last pod, all the drama going on around Brady and Giselle impacts Tom Brady, the football player. But we have seen Tom Brady, the football player, not be impacted by a lot of stuff off the field in his however many freaking years he's been tormenting the rest of the league at this point. I'm going to go Panthers beat the Bucs on the road, but it's only because the Bucs have locked up a playoff spot at that point and either have or cannot get the one seed. If they're still playing for the one seed, the Panthers lose this game. If they're not, the Panthers win it. All right, I pointed out before, and I'm going to continue to do anytime I have an opportunity that I don't like Tom Brady. So here's what I think is going to happen. Here's what I believe is going to happen that by this point, Tommy is suffering from bouts of depression from where – uh, he couldn't get it done on the mass singer, you know, and it happens to a lot of people. You think you got a good singing voice, you get in there, you give it your all, and you find out not only can you not sing, but you can't dance, and you're stumbling around in a big old goat outfit. And uh, so I think uh, Tampa Bay's out of it at this point. Tommy's ready to go home and pass things up with Giselle, and the Panthers go down and get things done and win this game. No sympathy for the marital issues of Tom Brady and Giselle. No, Bunchy. no, I have sympathy for all that, but I'm saying it's compounded by the fact that he can't sing or dance. And then we wrap it up January 8th, a trip down to the Big Easy uh, when the Panthers visit the Saints to wrap up the season. Another one. I mean, listen, Week 18's wild, right? It, a lot of it is determined by who's trying to earn their way into the playoffs. Last year, remember, the Saints were very much on the cusp of getting into the playoffs. Uh, but at that point, they had lost Jameis Winston. They were they were fighting to try to get back into the mix. And I think this could be the same for this New Orleans team again this year. Tampa's going to win the division. The Saints are going to be fighting for a wild card spot. 
at this point. And I do think that uh, especially with the New Year's gone, the holidays are over. New Orleans is going to be a tough place to play. Uh, I, I hate to say it, but I think the Panthers lose a road game down in New Orleans to wrap up only because I think you are, unless there's an injury to Jameis or some of it's a good receiving team. It's a team that's going to be able to move the ball. And I think at this point, the Saints are going to be fighting and scratching to earn the way back into the wild card spot. And if that is the case, I think the Saints win at home. So I've got them uh, splitting the season series with the Bucs. If the Bucs don't have the one seed locked up or definitely not locked up, I've got them going 2-0 against the Falcons and splitting home and home with New Orleans. All right. So in this game, by the time we get to this game, we're going to find out that Carolina's defensive backfield is one of, if not the best, in all of the NFL. And so they're going to shut down New Orleans and their receivers. And uh, they're going to win this game. It's going to be a close one, but they're going to win this game. So there you have it. Season preview. If you are listening to this episode and have not listened to the last episode of Views from Mint Street, feel free to go to your podcast provider of choice, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Apple iTunes, or on the Odyssey app. And make sure you download and subscribe to the last episode of the Views from Mint Street podcast to catch our projections for the first half of the season.